This is a story from the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said, I will not. But afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Oh, yes, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two sons did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him. But tax collectors collectors and prostitutes did, yet even when you saw that, you did not change your minds and believe him. People of God, hear what the Spirit is saying. Well, these readings have been really challenging to me. I, um, I called Rita three weeks ago when, when Rita was working on the music and the songs, and I was telling her how, um, how challenging it were. And I, and I had to process it over time, but that because deep down, what these readings are doing is they're challenging me in the way I live my life. Um, and I think they challenge all of us in the way we live our life. Now, this, this reading from, from Ezekiel, it's chapter 18, 25 to 28. But the, and that's what was read this morning so well. Thank you. Um, but, but the bulk of what it's saying really comes from the beginning of chapter 18 um, in, in the challenging era. So what was happening during that time in those 20 verses, Ezekiel is, is saying, what are you doing? What the people were doing is they were blaming the past generations for what was gone and saying, you didn't punish them, and saying, we're innocent. Um, they're saying we're the innocent little children and they blame God for not being fair now Ezekiel prophesied in a time there was a great there was a lot of confusion in, in uh, the following Israel's exile um, the former Judean king was among the exiles and so an 18 year old Jehoiakim was put in as, as king by the Babylonians as a puppet in Jerusalem Ezekiel undercuts their complaints, their whining and their crying about the suffering that they're going through. And Ezekiel said, if you have crimes, they're yours. Don't go blaming other people. Don't go blaming the back. And what they were saying is that our fathers ate, ate sour grapes and the children, they're, they're the ones who bite and, fight and taste the sour. And he says, that doesn't work anymore. You need to take responsibility for what's going on in the present. Because that's what we're all charged to do. 
when we go blaming other people for different things and that we're missing the point that the challenge that Ezekiel is saying to us is we need to focus on the present. We need to focus on what we're doing and the part that we play. Um, he said these, pro- these type of proverbs dodge responsibility. They, they reflect a time what, that embitters our souls when we get so upset about the way the world is and then we do nothing. So, what Jesus, what, what Ezekiel is saying is stop being a crybaby. Ezekiel is saying, stop it and be adults and learn what you're, what you're about and take responsibility for the day. What day is it? Today is the day. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad. And the reason for that is, is because God is compassionate. And that's what God, what Ezekiel is saying. God's compassionate and loves each one of us in both the small things we do and the big things we do. Um, the gospel takes another look at it. And you know, it, we all know that story probably over and over. We say it in our heads, we had two sons. The first one did the right thing. Of course, that's the one that's supposed to be. So apparently, doing the right thing is a whole lot more important than saying the right thing. Amen? Amen. Perhaps saying the right thing makes us all comfortable so we don't have to do the right thing. Um, We say the right thing about the way we want Congress to be, but we don't write them. We say that we want Congress to take a look away, and we don't call the representatives. So doing is more important than just saying. And this challenge is to me because I get up here and say stuff. And I had to take a look at, in what I say, do I do? And that's the challenge that, that's there. Um, and what I say about it is when we see difficult times, what that is, it's an opportunity for us to do something. It's an opportunity for us to put into place. Um, everybody knows the story of Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks was a, a major person in the, in the civil rights movement moving on. Um, but the backstory of Rosa Parks is she would go to this bus stop every day to go to work. And, of course, you know, black folks weren't allowed to be in the front of the bus. Well, when she would get on the bus, she would sit in the front. There was one bus driver that he says, I'll fix her. I won't pick her up ever. She's not going to sit in front of my, my bus. And so, if he would see her standing on the corner at the bus stop, he'd drive right by. Now, Rosa Parks was in Dayton one time, and she was telling this personal story um, that I had heard it. And she said, the day that that happened, there happened to be a lot of people at the bus stop, and she was sitting in a chair, and that bus driver didn't know she was there. And so when everybody got on, she got on and sat in the front, 
And that started that whole thing. What it teaches me is doing the right thing and doing it every day in small little ways makes a, a, a big difference. My dad once told a, told a story um, when we were young um, about he had a white secretary and she lived in an apartment uh, house and there was a, um, a single mother and a, and a um, and daughter who were black who lived in the same same apartment and the daughter would come over all the time and one day she said I, my, I got a real bad toothache and she said well get your mother to take you to the dentist she says I don't have a dentist and so she says well I'll call and make an appointment take you to my dentist and so she called and made the appointment when they got there the dentist saw there was a black child he says we don't serve that type here and the mother and the secretary said, "Well, I can't help it that her father was black." Whoa. <laughs> and the dentist worked on her. And from that time on, the dentist would accept people of color because someone did the right thing at the right time, and that made the difference um, in what was going on. You know what? Martin Luther King said, the ultimate tragedy is not oppression and cruelty by bad people. It's the silence of good people not taking action. That's what Ezekiel was saying. That's what Matthew was saying. We need to take action. And that's the challenge that, that I hear in, in myself. And one of the things that we kind of can do is we can say, but I'm just one person. I can't do anything. Here, little child. But we're just a small little community, LBC. What can we do? I mean, we don't own any property. We rent this place in the basement. We're small in numbers. Um, but, you know, we belong to the Federation of Christian Ministries, which is a national group. We belong to, to um, Dignity, US, uh, Dignity Dayton, and Dignity USA, which is a national group. Uh, the challenge of the gospel is meant for us as individuals and us as, as community to make a difference. Marianne Williamson wrote a poem that Nelson Mandela used when he was first in his inaugural address that he made when he was elected as president. And the poem goes like this. It is our light not our darkness that frightens us. Our deepest fear is that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that, we are, uh, uh, that, is that we, we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our, uh, uh, not our darkness that frightens us. We ask people, who am I to be brilliant or gorgeous or talented or fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You and I are a child of God. Our playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightening about shrinking so others won't feel insecure around us. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. And it's not just in some, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people the permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. 
You know, we can say Christianity would have been so much better if we'd have done this and this, and would they have stood up and and said things about other inequities that were there. But our job is to say, it's something I can do today, in little ways, in big ways, because we can. Remember what Paul said. Paul was in prison when he said this. Brothers and sisters, if there is any encouragement in Jesus, any solace and love, any participation in the Spirit, any compassion or mercy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, with the same love, united in heart, thinking one thing, do nothing that's selfish or vainglory. Rather, humbly regard others as important as yourself, each not looking for your own interest, but for those of others. Have the attitude of Christ. That's our challenge. Our challenge is that each one of us here, not just to say it, but to be that Christ presence to the world. And in doing that, we will change the world. One person at a time. Rosa Parks, she changed a whole movement just by sitting at a bus stop. This lady who was a secretary changed a whole way that a, that a doctor treated people coming in. We can make a difference. We don't always know that we make that difference, but that doesn't matter. We need to do and to be. I open up for your comments.